Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is with my friend Merkley coming in from San Francisco. And we just kind of dive into a bunch of stuff. We talk about politics, we talk about religion, we talk about spirituality, we talk about creativity, we talk about philosophy, we talk about nature, we talk about some of the things that are going on on our planet right now. We we just kind of get into it and, and give our perspectives on things. And I really, really enjoyed doing this episode. And I think both me and him went back and forth and we had a lot to say and talk about. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host. I am here with a special guest, a friend of mine from Facebook, uh, also a mutual friend of my good buddy Jeffrey out in L.A. Uh, So uh, my buddy Merkley is on, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm Merkley. I uh, seriously doubt that you have either ladies or gentlemen listening to this right now. Oh no, yeah, no. Well, they will be after I uh, after I upload it on to uh, you know anchor. You know what I mean, like ladies, nice ladies and nice gentlemen. Are they listening to your podcast? No, I don't You're know how nice they are. Talking about rowdy, raucous people that are going to be listening. Hooligans. Yeah. I hope so. I I don't know how nice they are. Uh, hopefully, they're they're a little more aware than a lot of the other people out there that don't listen. Dames and hooligans, that's who's listening. But anyway, I live in San Francisco. I was raised Mormon. Uh, I have 17 siblings spread out amongst five different marriages. Um, I became disillusioned with religion uh, when I was in my 20s. I decided I wanted to go west and move to San Francisco to be with all the weirdos, the freaks, because Mormonism was just too oppressive for me. You know, and I was better than it. So I moved to San Francisco, bought a house on my 30th birthday in San Francisco, moved here thinking, well, this will be my place. This will be the land of the misfits toys. No more staunchy church lady conservatives. None of that. I'm going to go to the land of liberalism where everybody can live and think how they want. And guess what? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't long after that I learned that these liberals down here are far more oppressive and far less tolerant than the Mormons I left behind in Utah. And that, it's just been, uh, I don't know why I'm still here. It's just because I'm lazy and stubborn, I think. But um, And because the, the weather is beautiful, the buildings are beautiful, um, the ocean is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, freaking... It's it's crazy because I, I you know I'm not a registered voter right and uh-huh. um but I am a registered conspiracy theologian uh, I don't say theorist because theories are like a lot of the junk science that we have nowadays there that everybody's espousing as truth theories don't uh-huh. really have a foundation a lot of times they're 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 theories they're philosophies um, pretty much everything is a theory. If you're a human being and you're talking about it and you have an idea about it, I can guarantee you, you haven't 
figured it out completely. But yeah, for sure. What I was gonna what I was gonna say though is 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 uh, somebody who's an outside observer, um, you know, and being that you know nine eleven was my awake you know was was my micro awakening i just knew instantly something was fishy with that so you know i hated the george bush era reagan era conservatives and you know uh-huh. but but then again you know i hated bill clinton and then i hated bush jr and then i learned to hate hate obama uh equally as much as as any of them and then uh you know so I, I kind of, but I always kind of thought the liberals were the more sensible of the two parties. And lo and behold, now as an outside observer, as somebody that I just consider to be more of a constitutionalist and a free thinker, um, looking at the lunacy of the left, it's, it's just mind blowing. The Yeah. And it's, and it's not, and it's going in the direction of getting crazier and crazier. Yes. It's not like they ramped up a little bit. This, this election of Donald Trump sent them on a evil to needle jump where they've just ramped up and everything about them that's ever existed has just boiled to the surface. And they're no longer able to hide anything. They've been done completely nuts. It's insane. Yeah. It's mass hysteria. Well, the, the thing is, is like, you know, it's like, there is still people in the middle. There's still people that are kind of liberal on some things and conservative on other things. But then there's like, you know, they always talk about the far right. And it's like, I don't really think the far right is like a really big thing. I think it's a small, it's not. It's a, yeah, very it's a tiny super thing. small percentage of And pe- quite frankly, it's like what they call the far right is generally not even what I would consider to be the far right. It's like, once you go, if you're going to put Nazis on the far right, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say, oh, first of all, Nazis were socialists. That puts them on the left, and they're totalitarians. It's the authoritarianism. When they, It's like, who really is far right? Far right to me, if, what I would accept as being far right would maybe be fundamentalist Christians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what I would consider to be far right. But once you start getting into... Uh, Fascism or Nazism, maybe there's just too many things those things have in common with of the authoritarian left. You know, more things than they have in common with Christianity. Like, really, come on, what else? Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, technical difficulties. But uh, yeah, we were talking about you know far right and and far left. But like you you look at like. The left now, a lot of times, that they're like even just what they consider the left. It's like far left. It's it's like what percentage of Republicans are really racist? Because if you look at a lot of like the modern day conservatives, I feel like a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them are pretty tolerant people. And there's a lot. I don't. I honestly do not know one single person. One single conservative person. I was raised around conservatives. I do not know one of them that that measures on the scale of racism anywhere close to the leftists that I know who yeah. are obviously racist. You yes. know, if, if you want to find a racist, just look for the person calling everybody else a racist. That's that's how you find them. Abs- they will it's, advertise yeah. themselves by calling others racist. 
They just, they were, you're a racist. You go, oh, it looks like I found a racist. Not it, the people they're pointing it, at, but uh-huh. the person doing the blaming. Exa- That's the racist. Well, that, that goes back to like, like, um, to like the charlatans and, and, and a lot of like the religious people, you know, that they're out there talking about sin and this and, and casting judgment on other always. people. And then you always. find out they're fucking children. You know what I mean? It's like always it's, it's, it's always the people that are trying to enforce laws and stuff. You look at somebody like Gavin Newsom. Every, oh, look, my God. You know that guy. Every, more... every moral accusation, every moral accusation is a confession. That's just, you can take that to the bank. If somebody is making a moral accusation about your secret thought crimes, it's because they have those thoughts in their mind. Absolutely. Those thoughts originated in their mind, and they merely dump them out and pretend they aren't theirs. They just say, this belongs to that guy. He made me think this. It's insane. I, I couldn't agree more. It's Yeah, it's it's always those those people that are are throwing the most stones that you know they've got they've got the the darkest demons she, in their closet she does she does protest too much that's that's one of them but the other one is the uh who was it um was it Waldo Emerson the the louder she proclaimed her honor the faster we counted our spoons <laughs> that's one that I always remember. My dad used to tell me that. I, Anybody that advertises their virtues, you go, mm, yeah, wrong. Yeah, what are you hiding? Why are you trying to yeah. prove to me how virtuous you are? Good people downplay It's a smokescreen. I'm telling you, every time good people downplay their virtues, they, they're embarrassed by their virtues. If somebody, if you, if you want to find a good person, compliment them. You know what I mean? See how they take it. You know, a, a really good person has humility. They yeah. don't want to hear. They don't want to advertise their good deeds. You know, they don't want to brag about them. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, like for me, for, you know, a majority of, of my adult life, I've I've been on what I would call, you know, just like a spiritual quest, but a creative quest. And, you know, we all fall from our paths and... You know, I don't want to sound like hippie, new age spirituality because I think there's a lot of weird shit going on in that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Especially living in Hawaii and seeing all the blissed out yoga people, and all. it's just like, you right? Know, I don't think spirituality is necessary hap- necessarily happiness because my biggest, most profound spiritual awakenings always came from you know getting my you know my my guts knocked out and having to pick myself up and and learning how right. to how to get through those situations and and um you know the growth that came from within from those hardships and now like what we see in society is we've got a bunch of fucking people who've had it easy that are complaining when any you know small hardships happen and there's a statement that goes uh hard times make strong men strong men make good times good times make weak men weak men make hard times and we just have a nation full of weaklings right now and they're making it really hard because it's like spoiled brat syndrome you know what i mean they're mm-hmm. tr- they're yeah tr- no i agree with all that they're trying to tell a bunch yeah. of people who have been through the fucking ringer 
you know, how it is and how we're supposed to handle this and, and what this is going to happen. But what they don't realize is they're easily deceived because they don't know about psychological warfare, which is major right now, and they don't know how to handle themselves in in hardships. So what they're doing is, is these criminals are virtue signaling on television, telling them how they're going to give them this free stuff, or they're not going to do that, or all this oppression is everywhere, and these weaklings are falling for it. It's like, dude, these guys are the same people that have started all the racism and, and the classism and, you know, destroying, you know, uh, economies and starting wars. And well, I, a lot of, I think, I think a lot of the people that um, are falling for it um, are just, they are weaklings. And I, I, I agree. They're, they're mentally weak. And I think a lot of the act, the people that are even accusing people, they're so worried that the ire of the left is going to be turned on them. Like this, this thing I keep saying is no, when people call you an Islamophobe, I usually tend to go, well, nobody fears Islam like a Muslim. If you want to look for yeah. an Islamophobe, ask a Muslim. Yeah. Because the whole doctrine is based on fear. That's the whole design. Well, the, Islam means submission. Islam yeah, is supposed to be afraid. But that's the same. That the same kind of attitude translates into lefties. Nobody fears a lefty like a lefty. You know, a conservative isn't afraid of a lefty, but a lefty is. You know, because they're they're afraid of their own. It's that whole yeah. circular firing. Yeah, the, the cancel culture. Really well, yeah. what, what I was saying, like to somebody, was like. Um, you know, the reason why, and I don't want to bash Islam or Muslims or anything like that, because I've known some, some good Muslims in my life, but what I... I'll bash Islam. I'm not bashing Muslims. I look at Muslims as being like hostages. So, <laughs> so... Bad yeah, I, I mean, I have my own op opinions on, on like their doctrines and stuff like that. Again, like I said, Islam does mean submission. Submission isn't a word yeah. of like peace and love. It's you're going to submit. No. Um, but Violence. like why why I believe that the the UN decided to import all these you know Muslim immigrants and to like basically Islamicize Europe was because Islam is a religion that polices itself. So free thinkers like you and me would get thrown off a building or stoned to death, right? So if they can but get if, if they can get a religion like that to come in and submit the people of Europe to their will, well, now they have to use less resources because now people are policing themselves, right? It's, it's like it's the perfect thing. You can't be a fringe Muslim. You'll get you'll get killed. So you have to submit. That's, a, that's, an, inter that's an interesting insight. I think that um, I've been boiling it down more to just the older I get, the more I'm realizing it's just kind of old age old analogies of good versus evil, you know, God versus Satan. Yes. And, I, and when that, when you boil that down, it becomes the difference between the individual versus the group. And, if you can boil down Christianity, I'm still an atheist, but I might be one of the world's only atheist Christians. But when when you look at Christianity and boil it right down to Christ's message, it's it's one of uh, individualism. It's it's saying you, the individual person, is a miracle beyond all measure. It's unfathomable, and it's worth uh, uh, 
having reverence about it. That's what Christianity is, a reverence for the individual. And Western culture was based on that principle. When you go to Islam, it's completely different. And even and also in other Eastern religions, the individual means nothing. The individual must submit to the group. You know, the yeah. individual is nothing without the group. And so that's diminishing. When you diminish the individual, you diminish life. That's why you get the abortionists on that side and the pro-lifers on the other side. It's because if you if you can't acknowledge the absolute, unfathomable, incalculable miracle against all odds of individual human consciousness, if that's not at the root of your political ideology, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. Because that's everything. Everything that a human being has comes down to that absolute miracle of consciousness, that you can think that you and I can sit here and exchange ideas, that we exist at all, that your matter, that these molecules formed you and I against all the odds. When you look at all the matter in the universe that didn't become you and that will never become something that's living, it's absolutely insane. And so to not acknowledge that and not put that out front, I just think that's a big mistake. And none of these other ideologies do that. Leftism does not. Communism does not. Yeah. The only ones that do that are Western, Christian, and Judeo-Christian based religions and philosophies. Yeah, I mean, and, and getting to the root of, like, Christianity, uh, I, I wouldn't exactly say I, I'm a Christian per se, but I do know a lot about, you know, the Bible, and I do know a lot about Christianity, and I do agree with a lot of the things that it says in there, and I do reference a lot of it on this podcast. Um, my whole thing with what's happening now, like you said, good versus evil is I, I literally believe there has been a, a, a battle of good versus evil for, for many years, maybe since the beginning, I don't know. Um, and we're seeing it play out politically right now. It's, 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 it's very clear um, that, you know, which side likes to lie, cheat, and steal. I mean, in this, mm -hmm. in this, but it's happening all over the globe. There's a side that likes to lie, cheat, and steal. They like to invert everything in society, and Satanism is based on inversion. You know, we're going to mm -hmm. invert the pentacle, and it's going to become a pentagram. We're going to invert the cross, and it's going, you know, it's going to. We're going to, you know, we're going to invert humanity. We're going to, we're going to push transhumanism, transgenderism, and I don't have a problem if you're trans or gay or anything like that. But I got a problem when you're lying about it. And it's, it's a distorting reality. It's a, yes. It's a, in the Bible, it's like war is, what is it? The bitter becomes sweet. It's, that's what they do. They just flip everything. The yeah. lie becomes the truth. Yeah. It's, it's inversion. And so like now, like lies become truth and truth becomes lies. And, and, you know, knowing what I know about the political people, like when I see, you know, certain politicians being praised and I know about these people, I'm like, it's not that like, I think, um, Donald Trump is this great dude, but when I compare him to our past presidents, you know, which other president provided, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, I'll tell you what, what's really great about Donald Trump. And it's that he's not, 
he is so obviously imperfect, and that is what, that's almost his main magic, his main magic. And it's kind of like the, the, the Christ figure, too. I'm not comparing uh, to Donald Trump to Jesus, but when you look in Christianity, the whole thing, it's rooted in you're a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. You're a sinner. So how is it not a great thing to have the leader be a, a very obvious sinner, somebody who's never going to be able to present himself as anything but a sinner? That is why he translates to people so well. that Everybody sees himself and go, yeah, he's not perfect, but neither am I. And neither are you, you motherfucker. You fuckers that are trying to pretend like you're perfect and holy, no, you're not. Yeah, you're lying. Yeah. That's why, like I said, we can go back to Gavin Newsom or or Barack Obama and all these people that put on this. Joe Biden, a clear racist. I mean, the guy's been racist his entire career. And and so these people that love to pretend how virtuous and perfect they are, and they have this way of presenting themselves with a smile and all these sweet lies they tell. Yeah, they're snakes. They're serpents. Serpents, exactly. And and you look at like 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 I say, it's like, you know, we look at all our past presidents that were involved in crazy wars and all this nine eleven and all these racist crime bills and the war on drugs, which was really a war to bring drugs into America, inversion again, and, and they do the backwards talk all the time. It's constant backwards talk. When 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 I look at like the reason why I'm not so triggered by Donald Trump as a lot of other people are, again, I'm not going to vote for anyone. Uh, is because, you know, they say he's a racist, but I know before he was a president, you know, all the rappers loved him. He was on Oprah's show. All the blacks loved him. He was winning awards for hiring minorities. I mean, what other president have we had that went into the office that provided thousands of jobs for people all over the globe? Now, again, I the don't... answer is none. Exactly. We've never had a businessman, a businessman, a real guy who actually a builder. If you want to call Donald Trump something, he's a builder. He literally is a builder. That's what he does. He contracted hotels and stuff like that to build things. He builds businesses. He's a builder. He's basically like a... People don't want to accept that he's like a regular guy because, you know, he's born into a rich family. He got a million-dollar loan. But so what? People piss away million-dollar loans every day. The, he, yes. He gets up and he keeps doing it. I mean... He fails and he gets up and he rebuilds and he fails and he gets up and he rebuilds. He doesn't let anything stop him. Yeah, that to me is evidence. That's that's when you look. If you want to look at how to succeed, you look to somebody like Donald Trump. Meaning, you fail, you try, yeah. you fail, you keep your positive attitude, even if something is shitty. You get up, and when he exaggerates, that's all that is exaggerating. Just be positive. When he says there's ten thousand people at my rally when there are only three thousand, he's just exaggerating. It makes it it's bigger and better. We're the best. Yeah. Who cares? Like, it's like these people have never had a coach in their lives. You know, imagine a football coach that was completely the opposite of Donald Trump. That team would lose all the time. Every good coach is has elements of Donald Trump in them. We're going to go out there. We're going to kill them. We're the greatest. You know, you got to get in your mind that. Yeah, you that, that shit in order to achieve it. That and like him again at. I don't want to sound like some crazy Trump supporter. 
Uh, but like as far as a president go, I, I don't see him. I as, resent that. You didn't need to say crazy Trump supporter. But I'm just There's saying no why you say I, I'm just saying like I don't like like I like that he tells people, dude, you're fucking up. We're allowing these countries to rob us. We need to we need to put down tariffs. We can't have, you know, borderless societies with with, you know, free socialist programs everywhere. You know, our country's going to go bankrupt. We're already in the hole. And he tells people about the, the way they're fucking up. And people don't like to hear that because it offends them and hurts them. But I appreciate a direct talker. Now, do, do again, like like everybody like. The Trump derangement syndrome thing is real, dude. Like, I see how people react to him, but I'm, I'm like, I don't have a problem with you saying you don't like his environmental policies. Cool. I, what, I agree. Yeah, what, I agree. You know, I disagree with policies, fine, but uh, I was telling this to a friend of mine today. She's a, a venture capitalist billionaire, and uh, she's, she's a total capitalist, right? Yeah. And uh, she doesn't like the Democrats. She doesn't like communism or anything like that. But she claims to be anti-Trump. And I'm like, dude, you're, that right there, you screwed up. Because how can I take you serious if you're saying anti-Trump when he's a person? Like, if you want to say you're anti this policy or anti that policy, fine. Break it out into policies. Tell me what policies you don't like. But when you're telling me you're anti-Trump, that means you don't like him as a person, and you're casting him aside. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You're not considering anything he has to say because, what, you don't like his hairdo? You don't like something he said once? You don't like the way yeah. he looks? You don't like, you know? Fuck that. It's stupid. It's just like, if you're if you're really a thinker, you can tell a thinker because they don't cast people, they don't cast people out they don't you said it bro you said it you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater i say that a lot there's there's messages and a lot of fucking things from people that i don't like that i don't agree with that i will sit through a youtube video and you know there there's nuggets of truth you're gonna learn or nuggets of like consciousness you're gonna get from a lot of things you might not want to fucking hear man like well it doesn't matter the thing the, thing, the reason why attacking the person instead of the policy is dumb is because there's always a reason to attack a person because no person's perfect. So it's so easy to attack a person. It's just like it makes no sense. Just find the policy. Where do you disagree? What policy do you disagree with? The fact is most people who hate Donald Trump, as we both know, uh, listen to CNN and watch yeah. the news. They've just, they've just been, they're, they're basing their whole entire opinion on Donald Trump based on what they lies they have been told. Yeah, it's a popularity them. contest for them. They don't watch his speeches. They don't read his legislation. I mean, some do, but most don't. And the ones that hate him that do read it are the people that are standing to lose the most if Trump wins. Like, the people that have... People wonder, why, why do... If, if Trump is so pro-business, then why are these big businesses against him? Well, because... A lot of these businesses, Jeff Bezos, Nike, they they their whole business model relies on cheap labor from communist China. Yes, you know, they they know that if they have to, if that if that if that gravy train ends, and they can't get that cheap labor from that basic slave labor from China, then prices are going to have to go up, and a lot more competitors are going to come into the market. You know, they hate that. Yeah, that's why. But it it's just it's so weird the whole woke woke paradigm. It's it's really bizarre to me. So let me ask you something. So you're like a Renaissance man, right? 
I guess. I mean, I, I never quite understood that term. But uh, just somebody, somebody who's multi-talented, somebody who's like life is a creative process. I find that I have very limited ta- talent set. I think that I'm good at art. I'm good at um, communicating art, and I I simply don't see the distinction between mediums and art. So. Um, when you look at music or painting or sculpting or dancing or whatever, I see them as all just uh, ways to express the same thing. And if you're going to be an artist, you you learn how to express. But it that that translates throughout all the mediums. So I don't think I'm good at much besides um, art and communication. If I'm even good at those, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, but but like like uh, so. I don't know, like, I've been, uh, I've been watching a lot of shit on skateboarding lately, right? I grew up skateboarding, and uh, I'm, like, looking at a lot of these skaters that I really loved in high school. I'm in my mid-40s. You know, people like Mark Gonzalez, Tony Alva, uh, you know, frickin' uh, uh, Rodney Mullen, and I'm listening, you know, uh, Christian Hasoy. And I'm listening to the way these guys talk now, as opposed to the characters they once were, you know, growing up in the 80s, watching these guys. These guys were rock stars, you know, they were out fucking partying Mm -hmm. all the time. And now these guys are all like into health, spirituality, and, and, and like discipline. And, you know, because in, in that particular, you know, arena of skateboarding, a lot of people died from living that crazy punk rock rock star lifestyle. And these guys are like some of the surviving members. And when I listen to a lot of these guys talk, specifically people like Tony Alva, you know, Rodney Mullen, Mark Gonzalez, and, and, you know, uh, Christian Hasoy, these guys are talking about spirituality, self-preservation, and like, it's so crazy because, you know, it was such a punk rock thing to do back in the day to watch the... It's like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson embodies that a lot, too. He was like this fer- ferocious killer. And Well, I've been... You know, I, I get in arguments with a couple, some of my friends all, about stuff. I've got one friend in particular that's really obsessed with IQ. Like, everything comes down to, well, this group doesn't have the IQ, and that person doesn't have the IQ. And I go... That's great, and, I, and I'm not going to disagree with him about that stuff, but it, it really bothers me that what is considered to be the IQ test only tests for, like, mental-type things. Yeah. I, I don't see somebody as intelligent just because they scored well on the IQ test. I have to add other things in there. Other versions of intelligence that aren't included in the IQ test are someone's ability to sing, somebody's ability to dance, Somebody's athleticism. Can they put a ball through a hoop? Can they maneuver around uh, defenders and offenders? You know, can, those types of intelligence to me are missing in that uh, test. And without them, you don't even have a human, uh, an intelligent human being. In fact, I think the intelligence that the IQ test tests for is probably even less of overall intelligence. You know? Oh I yeah. Think, you know, when you see well, think somebody, about street so smarts. Surprise me when you see these skate skaters and you see these surfers and you see these athletes later on in life become more wise or whatever. It's because 
when you when you really connect with the physical world, not your little mental world, but the physical world, and you figure out how you know energy works, how you know you, it takes a lot of skill to ride a skateboard. It really does. Yeah, and you have to. Your computer, you as a computer, needs to be finely tuned in order to do all the things that a person on a skateboard does. That's what these academics and these fucking intellectual types completely miss about the world. Well, and, and, and how they... much intelligence is outside of what is considered to be intelligence via the IQ test. And they've they've also they've eliminated like the seven sacred arts, you know, like the quadrivium and, and like a lot of like the real educational shit that didn't separate, you know, uh, subjects in curriculum. It, it was all connected. You know, math was connected mm-hmm. to science and science was connected yeah. to music and music was connected. Well, if, you to want, art. if you want to learn something, if you want to learn about math and geometry and science, go fucking build a fork. And once you're done building your fort, put lights in it. And then when you're done putting lights in it, fucking put a toilet in it. Plumb it. You know, you're going to learn so much more practical knowledge from those types of activities. These academics, they don't know shit. I'm surrounded by them. They're absolutely useless in a survival situation. Yes. You know, they think they're so fucking smart because they've read all these books. But if they're, they're fucking toilet plugged up they have to call a guy with no high school degree well a lot of the they can't even fend for themselves a a lot of the tech people are that way too which is why like you know everybody like brags about elon musk or mark zuckerberg or bill gates and i'm like fuck those guys those guys they have no social skills that's why they're all into transhumanism and a technocracy because these. i actually agree with that because I'm not going to say that Elon Musk isn't smart. He's smart, but he's not all well-rounded smart. Like, again, show me, put him on a basketball court, put him on a skateboard, put him on a dance floor, for crying out loud. Dancing, the ability to have rhythm and to sing, that shows incredible control and perception of your surroundings. To be able to control your voice, to be able to hear others, to be able to blend in, that's an intelligence that is a, a version of intelligence that's so much more to me universal and real like physical and tangible you know yeah that's that's definitely a big part of of what's going on uh now too like with society is people have neglected to uh to understand natural law and and you know how the the earth and world around us truly operates outside of civilization. Like everybody thinks the city is the end all be all and it's supposed to be like that. But it's like, dude, like I grew up in LA for 36 years and then I moved to Kauai, the garden island. And all I did was run around in flip flops, board shorts and do farming and hike barefooted and paddle canoes and eat organic food and fruits exactly. off trees and shit. Yep. And so I learned cause I talked to the plants. I'm a weirdo like that. I learned mm-hmm. about natural law and I, I, you know, you look at like society now, it's like they're so concerned about their mortality. They're willing to give up any bit of freedom to just live. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand how bad yeah. shit can get. I, do you really want to live, you know, be part of hell on earth just so you can survive? It's like, I remember these, a lot of these people spend their entire day in a cubicle. 
So yes. they're already wrapped in a cage. They already are missing so much of life. They already are totally not getting uh, how just wonderful and amazing the world actually can be outside of all that bullshit. Yeah, and that, and that, that, that goes to like the whole, you know, you look at like a herd of 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 uh, of elk or a pack of wolves or whatever, and you know we can compare them to human beings, where, you know, if if you're weak or you're struggling or you're a dumb deer, you're gonna get eaten by a wolf, and where if you're a wolf and you're fucking up the hunt or you're eating out of turn or whatever, you might get your throat ripped off or chased out of the pack. And now human beings, we have this plethora of free range, like morons just running around everywhere that haven't been checked by the, by the, by the herd or the pack around them. And so they've gone their whole lives like living in la la land. And so when they finally do get out of mommy and daddy's comfort zone and see the real world, they don't know how to handle the dangers of life. And it's like, so because they never had to witness the hardships that me and Jeffrey and you and, and other people that I know did, they're they're crumbling under pressure because they weren't they, they weren't raised to withstand pressure right like what i was saying to somebody today i was like you know in native times if say i had a brother and he was running around fucking things up we'll say 5000 years ago fucking things up in the tribe he was being loud and you know fucking up the hunt or whatever the the, the the council would come up to me and say hey man you got to talk to your brother he's really fucking up all right i'll go talk to him i talk to my brother he's cool for a minute but he eventually starts fucking up again they come up to me and be like hey you got one more time to talk to your brother all right cool i'll talk to him once more sure enough he starts fucking up again eventually then they come up to me and they hand me a spear and they say all right man you need to take your brother out into the forest well, I don't want to take my brother out in the forest. Okay, well, either you take your brother out in the forest or we're going to take both of you out into the forest because it's either your brother or it's our whole tribe and he won't change. And we've got enemy tribes around us. We've got animals that we need to hunt. He's fucking up the garden. Like, so we either get rid of him or the whole tribe suffers and we're not going to let the whole tribe suffer. So it's up to you because he's your blood to go take him out in the forest and take care of him. That's it. <laughs> Pretty brutal. What tribe are you taking that from? Well, I'm just Is saying, like, I'm just saying, like, that That just, we can go into prison, modern-day prison. People do that in prison now, you know? It's like, if you're fucking up, you know, in, in the segregate, because I was in prison for a long time, too. If you're I, think what you're, I think what you're just, you're making a, a basic argument for accountability. And basically, yeah. It's like, so... We have lost the art of accountability, right? Like nobody wants to be held accountable, which is another reason why I think so many people are triggered by the way that Trump talks or whatever. It's like whether you like the guy or not, like his his uh, entrance into the political arena as president brought so much bullshit that was going on in this country to the surface and shit that we needed to see that we need to address, that we need to point out. And, you know, a lot of people don't see it that way, but it's like he brought so much shit to the surface that, like, 
was has been fucking us really hard in the long run. Yeah, maybe you should just stop pretending that you don't like him. No, I mean, as far as a president goes, I, I say, he, in my but, opinion, but this is, this is, this is a, this it's is not that I don't like. Happen. It's not that I don't like him. I, I just, I just refuse to enter the political arena with with voting and things like that. It's not that I don't. Why? I just because there's a few reasons, but I'll just tell you this is is when I compare him to other presidents, I think he's probably the best president we've ever, I've ever had in in this lifetime. And, and that shows and just for me, for sure. yeah. yeah, the way that my business was flourishing before the covid thing, the fact that, you know, yeah, uh, but what is it? Why, why do you why do you want to just hold out and uh, and not give an endorsement. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now because I, so I, 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 I pay, you're, you're engaging in it right now. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I paid attention to the debates against him and kill Hillary. I said it right the first time. Um, and, um, I paid attention to all of them, even though I'm not registered to vote. I like to be informed, right? I hated Hillary Clinton. I think the bitch is a satanic high priest. And I believe that truly. I believe she was raised in a satanic cult. I know one of her heroes was Saul Alinsky, the guy that wrote the book Rules for Radicals, which is basically mm-hmm. the Communist Manifesto. Um, and he dedicated his book to Lucifer. And when you look at a lot of like the communist regimes around the world, it's like lo and behold, it's all nihilism, uh, godlessness. Right, but so why are you avoiding? Why are you avoiding politics entirely? Well, I'm you're not talking I, about them. Well, I but wouldn't. You're saying you don't want to register to vote. So. I said, because I paid attention to Trump and, and everything that he said in the debates, and I watched, the guy fulfilled, you know, 90% of what he said he was going to do. And on top of that, yeah. he did more, right? There was one thing that was was the was what I said in the beginning, which was when he said he'd re- arrest Hillary Clinton. I was like, if this guy arrests Hillary Clinton, I'll register to vote. He didn't say that. He, he did. He said that. because you'd be in jail. Yeah, but he didn't say. I, he didn't say I'm gonna arrest. No, I, I know, but you know, like he said, if he was, it's pre- not like he can just do that. He can't, he can't just give an order to arrest. No, him. he's got to abide by the Constitution. He's of co- of he's course, but but my whole thing is this: the Clintons and and Obama and the Bushes and all these people have so much dirt on them. They could fucking. Right. But he, Trump can't do it by himself. He can't because all of Washington is around it. He's got to have Congress. He's got to have the Senate. He's got to have the military. He's got to have everybody on his side. He alone can't just issue the call and say, "Hey, Attorney General Barr, uh, go arrest all these people." I I agree. That's I agree. Solid case. I, I he's got to convince all of Congress and Senate and everybody else. I I agree. There's there's other things that he's that he's done and people that have hung out with him that I'm very that I'm very questionable of as well. You know, it's just I'm more of I'm more of an outside observer that like fine. But again, what are the policies? See, when I when I hear I'm going to get into it with you because that's what we're doing on podcast. Absolutely. And everything, but I don't like it when people say I'm going to take part in politics, but then they engage in political persuasion. It's like, look, dude, the presidential, your presidential vote, yours and mine, don't mean shit. Doesn't matter if I vote for Donald Trump. I live in San Francisco. My vote doesn't matter. Yeah, Donald Trump is not going to get an electoral vote from California. Uh, no. Where do you live, Seattle? Yeah, it ain't going to happen here either. Your presidential vote doesn't mean shit, but you know where your vote does matter for your fucking DA. 
for your district attorney, who George Soros is funding, and my district yeah. attorney, who George Soros is funding. Yeah. If you're not voting there, if you're not voting locally, then you're giving away the fucking country because those are the folks that really actually matter. And to be people- honest, I have thought a few times in the past very deeply about registering to vote just for the local level only. The local races are the ones that matter. Unfortunately, I'm stupid. Not, my votes don't even matter here. Like here, no, none of my votes matter in my city because I'm so outnumbered ideologically that my votes are a drop in the bucket. They don't make a fucking difference. If I was smart, I'd move somewhere where it was a swing state, where things are even and more my vote would actually matter. But the votes that really matter anyway are not the presidential vote. It's fun. It's fun to imagine the presidential vote is the only one that matters. And it matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It does matter who's in the White House. But what matters more are your local fucking races. And we can tell right now, the world right now shows that completely. Because of the local mayor in Portland, because of the local DA in Portland, because the left has got them, they're allowed to riot and loot and yep. basically use bolshevik tactics mm-hmm. on the city to get what they want yes. because nobody's doing anything about it. And so the and the, the DA and the DA will just let the people go. Dude, the West Coast belongs to the left. Oh, they I know. Could succeed if they wanted to, and because I had a dream in January that Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom were inviting the United Nations in to uh, uh, take over, you know, for COVID shit, and it was funny in my dream. It was apocalyptic because the rest of the country was laughing like, you're not going to get U.N. soldiers landing here. No way. But then I got a more sober reality once I once I woke up and I thought, you know what? If she did invite U.N. soldiers in, if Gavin Newsom invited, San Francisco would welcome them. So oh, yes. would Seattle. So oh, yes. would Portland. So would L.A. Yeah. Maybe not San Diego. That's huge port cities. These are huge port cities that would welcome in the United Nations. Then the military has to go, okay, what are we going to do? We're going to fight the United Nations in territories where they've been welcomed? You know what? That's because the people in those areas that you're talking about, they've all been trained to hate the United States. They're all college college indoctrinated. They've all been indoctrinated by the system. How America... Oh, I don't know. Conservatives need to fucking answer for this. How conservatives allowed all their all the institutions of the United States to just swing hard left is beyond me. What a mistake. Well, I think a lot of the conservatives, like particularly like you again, you go back to the Bushes. I think a lot of these people were working left and right together with the Luciferian doctrine. They are Satanists. Like from the bottom of society, from your Jim Jones cults to your Charles Mansons to your Mormon cults to your Catholic cults to your Christian cults, all the way up to your Masons, your Templars, your Jesuits, cults run the world. And then you have people that, um, I'm not talking about you, but you have a lot of atheists and people that are godless that find that spiritual uh, void to be filled through sports or superhero movies or Star Wars or scientism. No, it's worse than that. They put their faith in government. That's where... Yeah, or politics. That's the the unfortunate side of most atheists that I know. I call myself a Christian atheist. 
I, I was I was just I was just speaking in like you know metaphors like these people mm-hmm. they fill these god sized holes in the in their beings because that is part of humanity you know you go back thousands of years like all of them believed in god dude they all believed in it they all had different interpretations for it but there was always a divine source of creation and as an artist and somebody who observes natural law i see that around me all the time i'm like oh the ocean creates waves clouds create rain spider creates webs bookmakers create books authors create stories mothers create children there's this endless flow of creation and creativity around me at all times which tells me mm-hmm. if if i go by the science scientific process for some reason all these scientists like to ignore it but if i go based off the scientific process which is patterns in nature pattern recognition and and you know the most probable and likely outcome i see there's creativity everywhere there's creation everywhere something created this that's just my mm-hmm. Interpretation. Well, you you didn't, if you if you lived in San Francisco, you probably would have been uh, swindled into coming to the church that I started. We used to meet every week. It was called the three question marks thing, and uh, that's the whole basis of it. it we, we, we kind of called it the makers thing for a while, but the whole premise is that I don't know what made you, I don't know what made me, but whatever made you and me made us to make things. You know, that's our spirit. It's no matter what. You are here to create. You can't avoid it. You will be creating throughout your life. You're creating parts in your pants right now. Yeah. You're creating all kinds of things. The, the ocean is creating things now. The universe was not finished being created a long time. It wasn't created. It's being created right now. Yes. You're part of it. What are you going to do with your parts? How are you going to do it? You're going to make things. Are you going to make them good? Or are you going to make them bad? What is going to be your contribution into the ongoing creation of the universe? And why do you have to sit around and worship some kind of imaginary being when you could emulate that which made you, which is making? What that I you dude, were made, I say, I say that all the time, dude. And and I really came on to it when the whole COVID thing hit, and they said, well, you, "You would have been a member of my church." <laughs> you can't, you can't tattoo anymore. And I was like, "Okay, well, then I'm going to start a podcast, and I'm going to start training martial arts harder than I was doing before COVID." How, how, and, but aren't aren't the tattoo artists still tattooing just behind closed doors? Uh, well, you know, I was. You know, after about Seems six like weeks, most... after about six weeks, I was like, hey, man, I, I got to pay my bills, dude. These guys ain't. Yeah. I can't imagine that a, that right? a hairstylist or tattoo artist wouldn't just figure out how to. I, the way I look at it is one silver lining about that is I feel like a lot of these people that uh, were going playing by the rules, getting their licenses, getting their paying their rents, have now figured out, you know what? I don't need this fucking shit. I can go independent. I don't need that fucking license. I'll just go to my friend's house and cut him and they can pay me some cash. Yeah, well, you know? you know what? That that's what like like the whole like what I was saying was is is I started the podcast. I started working out more. I I started, you know, gardening and farming again and which is what I did a lot while I was in Hawaii. And I, you know, it came to me that it was like, you know, through the podcast and the people that I had on and the things that I was studying and talking about, I was like my whole process with like biblical stuff was is when I look at Jesus, I, I just look at it as inspiration, as him saying, "Look what I did; you can do it too." Now I look at him, I look at Jesus Christ as 
a fantastic life coach. If you were to yeah. boil down all the best philosophies into one little story, it'd be the Jesus Christ story. It's just straight up fantastic life coaching. Yeah, like, and, and what what is it? He's like, look what I did. You can do it too. And on top of it, like, so when I was fucking with the farming thing, I was like, you know, it does say in the Bible, God created us in 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 his image. And it's like, okay, well, if God created me in my image, it's up to me to be a creator. I need to start my own garden. I need to start my own exactly. garden of Eden. Yep. I, I, I need to be, you know, doing the sermon from the mount through my podcast. I need to be teaching others, you know, how to throw kicks and punches See, to defend now you, themselves. Now you're, just, now you're making me feel guilty for shutting up uh, my church that I started. It was going pretty well, but the people started taking it too seriously. They started treating it like it was a real church, you know, which it is, but they started treating it like I had stewardship over them and that they had to come to me with their complaints. And like, Yeah, so you they, didn't want to be a guru. I didn't want to be a guru. Yeah, all. exactly. And then, and then started it started going in that direction. They were having meetings about me when I wasn't there. I was like, this is like, and they were trying to go, well, man, we need to have more input. I'm going, dude, I didn't invent this as a democracy or some kind of thing where we all make decisions together. This is a simple philosophy. And the way we met, let me tell you how our meetings went. The way the meetings went, we'd meet and, you know, the meetings would go from anywhere from an hour to two hours, but each meeting would be like, uh, it would start with um, pulling a thing out of a hat. So at the end of the meeting, you, everybody writes down on a little tiny piece of paper one or two words that encapsulate one of their most recent dreams, right? Anyway, you pull one of the things out, whatever that says on that sheet of paper, that becomes the theme of next week's meeting. So let's say uh, the theme was dreams, and the next week's meeting would be called the dream theme. And then everybody would make things on that theme, and then we'd come together and share the things we make on that theme, right? Yeah. Simple. How, how easy is that? It's like everybody makes things on an, a unified theme. You get together. It's like a talent show every week. Simple. But people were starting to complain, well, I want to bring in stuff like on. I didn't like this theme, and I want to bring in other things. Like, dude, do you go to a basketball game and roller skates? You know? Yeah. Do you, rules make things fun. If you just want to break the rules, then it's no fun. You know? Yeah. You can't have rules. So I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to do this anymore. Uh, but you, you know, got all seen too. And that, that's like where like the, the true creative creativity comes out too. It's like, well, this is the theme. This is, uh, this is the parameters. Let's see what you got yeah. on this. And some, and some of those things you're going to suck at and, and uh, other themes you're going to flourish at. But, at the end of the day, it's cool to watch the rest of the council, the rest of the people, with their interpretations yeah, and on that those was another, themes. Yeah, that was another one of the problems is that people started getting clicky. And it's like my whole thing was this is the perfect time for anybody who wants to create something. It should be, and I hate to use this term, I hate this term, but it should be a very safe place to come to do something for the first yeah. time, you know, to fail. It should be the best place to come to fail. Yes. But people, there were certain people that were showing up. And being judgmental, like snickering and whispering. I'm like, are you kidding me? How do you not understand that that person performing the song when they've never done a song ever, and you're sitting here judging them? Fuck you, man. Yeah, at least so at least to... at least be discreet about it. Oh God, I, the problem was I just invited, and in the initial group, 
there were a couple people that were like San Francisco scenesters, you know, and they, it was cool. Let me just put it this way. Cool kills everything. Yeah. People who want to be cool ruin everything. If there is something that great that's supposed to happen, the way you can wreck it is by bringing in somebody who thinks they have to be cool. That will destroy it. Yeah, the 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 ego is good for like self uh, awareness, but when yeah, when you're too self aware and you're you're too you take yourself too seriously, cool yeah, cool is what pop culture is, and we we can just look at how pop culture has worked out for our country. It's now yeah, it's, it's, it's created a cool. bunch of dipshits that are all no. worried about what everyone else thinks. And exactly. they're so worried about what everyone else thinks. Now they're so focused on themselves, they virtually become narcissists, right? Yeah. Because they got to be the coolest of the cool because they don't want to be judged by everyone else. Well, not only that, but there's, there's a certain element of cool that is about pretending to be aloof, you know, avoiding all the things that make art great. The thing that makes an art, a piece of art great, is by being vulnerable and honest enough and courageous enough to tell stories about yourself or your experience that you wish nobody else even knew like the best art is revealing the secrets you don't want to tell that you that you think might be embarrassing and the people that have the courage to, to embarrass themselves they're the ones that make the good art but cool is the opposite of that cool is you know never wanting to embarrass yourself well never wanting to feel to never be affected oh i'm not affected by anything nothing affects me i'm cool well, hey, dude, like, and back to skateboarding, you look at, like, the Dogtown and Z-Boys, that guy Jay Adams, rest in peace, he, they they all knew him as this, this guy that was just free-flowing crazy skateboard tricks on the spot that had never been done, and he was so uninhibited and so wild and so unafraid of failure and looking, you know, uh, imperfect that he created... A bunch of crazy shit that had never be done. Same with Alva. Yeah, same, I'll tell you something that's kind of fun. Same with Rodney Mullen. I'm going to name drop really quick. I was in a band with Tommy Guerrero. You know who Tommy Guerrero is? Uh, he's a skater, right? Yeah, Tommy Guerrero. Didn't he skate for Pal, Pal Peralta? I don't know. I was never in a skater, but the, he was like a San Francisco guy. And when I name drop him to skaters, they all know of his old videos. He was like one of the... In the early days, of yeah, he was, he was part of the Bones Brigade, I think. Yeah, Bones Brigade, exactly. Yeah. I watched. He was part of that uh, documentary. Yeah, but I never knew. Like, I only just recently saw that. I was in a band with him for a couple of years, and uh, we got along pretty well. He played bass. I played keyboards and produced and wrote songs and stuff. But um, I never knew. I knew he was a famous skateboarder, but it wasn't until a few years ago that I actually saw. I think the Bones Brigade, and maybe what's the documentary you referenced, Dogtown or something? Uh, yeah, Dogtown and Z Boys or Lords of Dogtown. I watched his documentary and he was in it. It was really good. And I, I called him up. I was like, dude, I had no idea that you were <laughs> so fucking cool. Like I was in his band with him for two years and I never knew how cool he was in those days. Is he, is, is he still, uh, was he still skateboarding at all here and there? Um, Kind of, but yeah, he's an old man now, you know. So he still does some skating, but not like a not like a kid. Dude, I don't talk. I don't talk to him. I've talked to him for years. It's not like we didn't have a whole huge amount of common other than the fact we're in this band again. Dude, there's guys out there 
fucking in their 50s, 60s, they're still shredding pools and half pipes and they're not skating as hard as they used to, but they're still skating fucking above, well above average, right? I mean, think a couple, oh, yeah. Tony Hawk did a 900 a couple years ago or maybe it was recently yeah. even, you know? You know, freaking those guys are still shredding, man. Um, although I never, although I was never a skater or anything. I was just never super athletic besides dancing. I was never super athletic in competitive sports, but I've always had a, a spot in my heart for skateboards and, and surfing. Surfing is probably even, even a bigger community that I think is, I really can kind of admire. I, I for about two years, a few years ago, I spent about a year sleeping out in my van by the beach, ocean beach. And I wake up each morning to the, surfers that would come out and surf before they go to work and there was just something about that little culture and community that i thought i thought man these guys have figured it out these guys have really figured something out they there's something about just and i i, I go on hikes every day now I, I hike to the beach every single day and there really is a, a something about every day really getting in touch with the power and the awe of nature yeah. and nowhere is that more evident than just in the pulse of the pounding waves of the ocean you know if you spend time near or in that you are going to it is going to cause reflection that you're probably not going to get any other way well well dude i also attribute a lot of like because i i didn't learn natural law by going to school for it or watching videos on it i learned it by being in nature but being in it, exactly. working with plants, and and also yep. I I raced and paddled canoes in Hawaii on the ocean, and it, dude, when you hike barefooted or you're 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 digging your freaking your hands into oh, the yeah. water, stroking a freaking paddle, no substitute for that. Yeah, yeah. You're, and, and you're learning the rhythms. That you're like if you're if you're perceptive, like we are, because we're artists and we know about rhythms. You're a musician. I was a dancer for years. I used to do hip hop music and write shit, you know. Uh, so we're in. We're already in touch with the natural rhythms of life. And then if you're if you're going into nature, you're gonna subconsciously take that shit in. Well, or just playing it outwardly consciously, and all your senses take it in. Yeah. So I mean, that's bigger than just thinking about it. It's like you're you're literally touching it, smelling it, and interacting with it. I'll tell you. It's kind of when I call myself an atheist, it's not really super fair because the the reason why I call myself an atheist and the reason why other people call themselves atheists are not really the same. Um, for me, when somebody asks me if I believe in God, I just I can't comprehend the question because when I look around, no matter where I point my eyes, I just think that's an unfathomable miracle. There's just yeah. too much. In, in anything. I'm looking at a plastic lid right now. I just think the petroleum, the mining it, the putting it, the, the, the molecules, the melting of it, the transporting of it, everything about just this little item is an unfathomable miracle. Miraculous. How can I, how can I look at the universe and try to condense it into something as small as this concept of a god or a, a, an entity or an intelligence that contains all of it? It's just too small for me. So I just go, no, I'm not going, I can't sign up for any version of what people call God because it just seems too small, and it also seems to be arrogant. It lacks the humility that I think one needs in nature, in the world, to be able to even understand things, you know? On my daily hikes, I 
I, I have this little ritual that I do is I pick up one stone. I look, I go down the beach and I pick up one stone, find one unique stone and I bring it home and put it in this little thing. But, uh, and I always try to find a unique, different kind of stone. And just, if you pick up one little stone, you could, I have a theory that you could spend the rest of your life dissecting that stone and never begin to understand the first thing about it. There's just so many layers, so much matter. The, well, the fact that some of them have traveled through space, we are, we are traveling through space. It's just incomprehensible. The, uh, the natives, you know, they, they believe the stones were their ancestors and, you know, that the stones well, have consciousness. They yeah, are. They, they say the stones have consciousness. And when you think about our bodies needing and being made up of minerals, you have to say, like, well, only life can sustain life. You know what I mean? Yeah, what so, matters? Energy. So, so the, essentially, the stones are just possibly like, you know, petrified monks in nature. They just sit there. And, and they just hold space. Well, the thing is, is I, 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 I tend to gravitate towards the stones. I have a collection of stones that are, have fossils in them. And that's, if you want to really, if you want to really take a deep dive into pondering, when you find a stone that has a fossil in it, I mean, I found this one the other day that had, you know, a, a, a crab embedded in part of a crab. I'm thinking, how old is this stone? This this little crab lived and died. Something happened. Uh, something happened that caused this rock and this sand to harden around it. And then here I am holding it and playing with it. How many millions or billions of years later? You know? Yeah. And we sit here and we have the nerve. The nerve. These scientists, Dr. Fauci, these fucking idiots, Bill Gates have the nerve to pretend that they understand how to deal with a fucking virus. And we know that the flu hasn't been cured. We know that the common cold hasn't been cured. These guys are charlatans. They're liars. Yep. And the and idea that anybody believes that they have an upper hand on nature is insane. Yep. Nature has been working on our immune systems for billions of motherfucking years. Yep. And all that intelligence is embedded in each one of us. And you got some bonehead like fucking Bill Gates that's going to come around and pretend that he has the upper hand? Well, well the guy the guy the guy couldn't even don't. fix computer viruses and he's going to try that's and what I mean. it's just you like, know they, they don't know the first fucking thing. They're all fucking charlatans. And none of them are you. talking none of them are talking about immune boosting supplements or proper diets or exercise. In fact, no. they're saying the opposite. So it's almost like yeah. they want us to get sick. They want to lock us well, indoors well, out of the sun. I think more and more people are noticing it. Like when I was when I was a vax skeptic or pro-choice on vaccines because I've been in the vaccine thing for a long time and the bottom line is I don't care what somebody argues. They can argue all the time that you're going to get called an anti-vaxxer if you have any sort of skepticism about it. But if you just look at the trajectories and how diseases were affecting the world and they go down because with modern things like and plumbing and hygiene and simple things, you know, don't throw your shit out the window into the street and guess what? Less people get sick. Amazing. You know, but all these trajectories for all these diseases that used to be big get small. They're always going down. Somebody introduces a, a, a vaccine, they take a flip up, and then they continue the tra trajectory down. I haven't seen any evidence that these things are fucking even worth taking. None. Well, here you go. Natural law. Uh, what is a vaccine? It's a synthetic derivative 
It's a synthetic lab-created derivative based off natural compounds so it's it's yeah, synthetic so of the whatever so and the reason why they do that is because they can't patent nature number one and number two um you know these people want side effects they want illnesses based off their okay. shit because it's job security it's and it's more money yeah. for big pharma so so people say you're an anti-vaxxer and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm an anti-big pharma vaxxer for sure because I believe we could be creating vaccines based off natural substances. I'm a skeptic. Yeah. You show me, you can't, you got to show me, uh, you got to show me evidence that your things work. I've got, I've got to be able to trust my own senses. I've got eyes, ears, nose, a mouth, tongue, and fingers. You got to bring it. If you're asking me to disregard my physical senses, if you want me to put those aside, well, first of all, you can go fuck yourself <laughs> because you got to show me evidence. You got to give me the evidence, and they never do. Well, Just and and, and then these guys, they want to act like they care about your health and safety more than you care about it. And anytime yeah. people act like they care about my my health more than I care about it, I instantly don't trust them. I'm like, course, you're a piece of shit. You? Politician, Idiot. you're a rich. It's not even it's not a red flag. It's a fucking. It's a banner. Huge. It's like no, you don't get to pretend like you care about me more than I do. You just don't get to ever. Yeah, and why people go along with that? It's like these guys are wealthy as fuck. Scientists I'll tell you, and 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 owned, doctors can be bribed just like politicians. Of course they can, and and in fact, the more if somebody's seeking power and control, they're automatically suspect. I mean, always. So just automatically, you're seeking power control over others. Okay, you're a suspect. I, yeah. I don't trust ever. You yeah. know. Um, but going back to what you said, the reason why people go for it, I figured out, and this sucks. I don't want to. I'm trying to figure out how to love in the face of this knowledge. But I figured out that most human beings are essentially these herd animals. If you see, you mentioned the herd. I mentioned that a pack of zebras running across the plains or a, a school of fish or a flock of birds. Most people are simply, their, their only guided system is their peripheral vision to see which direction the herd is going because they want to stay in the middle of that herd. They don't want to get picked off by somebody else. They, they want to stay in the middle. They want to move with the herd yeah. because they have more snake. Now, that sucks. I mean, do I hate birds because they're like that? No. So why should I be upset with human beings for being like that? You know? Yeah. But yet I am. You know, I'm yeah. upset with humans. Well, I'm be- upset with birds when they behave that way. I'm upset with fish when they behave that way. But for some reason, it really upsets me when humans behave that way. But what I figured out is that ultimately in life, is um, there are a, a few, even in that hive mind and that school of fish things, for example, one of those fish is really actually making the decision to turn. So I feel like at a certain point in life, if you want to influence the world, you've just got to accept that the world works that way. And then you just get to, you have to battle it out with somebody else for who's going to nudge the herd in this direction or that direction. Well, and, and then, and then you can look at it like this, like three groups of people. There's the, the sheep, there's the sheep dogs, and then there's the fucking panthers, right? That you know. So I feel like we're in the sheepdog positions. We're like, we're like, guys. If you just paid attention a little bit more right here, we could totally avoid these panthers. But you're like walking straight to it, 
and you guys don't listen to me when I'm barking. I'm trying to warn you guys. And you guys are just, you guys keep grazing down that fucking green pasture and there's a fucking panther waiting at the end of it. And I can't, I can't protect you from the panther. I can warn you about the panther. But once that panther gets to you, I got to take off running. I got to go another direction and hopefully I can click up with a few other sheepdogs and we can take that panther out together. But a lot of these panthers are surrounded by armies of sheepdogs, you know? Yeah, far more in that little story i'm just some fucking elephant wandering around by myself <laughs> i'm like you know what you guys go ahead take your herd wherever the fuck you want i'm not gonna push you around i don't care where you go i don't care about this fucking panther i'm gonna go off and do my own thing you know i'm just gonna go hang out with my little dog dumb dumb and uh in with nature and look at leaves and flowers and berries you know pick things off of vines, pick muscles off of rocks and boil them on the beach. Dude. You know, that's, the, that's the way I'm living these days. Well, yeah, you know what? The last couple, two, three weeks, I've been posting less. I've been saying less. And, and I even started deleting a lot of shit on my, on my, on my uh, social media stuff because I social just... Social media is cancer, man. I it's just, terrible. Well, I, just, I just realized it's like, like you said, it's like, you know, being a sheepdog, it's like I'm wasting all my energy trying to protect a herd of dipshits that, like, clearly, it's almost like they want to be eaten. It's like... They, they... Let me rant on this for a second. I'm just, I'm really starting to turn into a lot of where I believe that this technology is just, it's simply not, it doesn't work with the evolution of our, of our bodies. You know, we haven't caught up to it. Like, if you look at most of the history of the world, even if, let's, let's go something simple. If you heard a song in, in the 1500s, it's because somebody was singing it, and you were close enough to them to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's what you heard it. And, you, and you, were, you were not far. You could look and you could see them. You could see their position in the world. You could see the whole, you could go up to them and you could talk to them. You could start singing it with them. You could harmonize with them, you know? And that's the same thing as they gave you a speech. You'd have to be close enough. You'd be able to smell them, you know? Now, even the whole idea of a recorded song or a recorded piece of music, I think what happens is it ruins the fundamental human experience. Because what it does, we're still used to that. We're still used to the idea that, hey, look, this woman over there is singing a song. I like it. I'm going to go talk to her. But when you have a movie or a recorded piece of music, it creates this false sense of closeness, you know? Yeah. So suddenly, no longer, you're, you're having this close, intimate um, relationship with something and somebody who you will never know and never meet. And I think that that sets humans up for the most painful aspects of being alive. And, and one of the most painful aspects of life is love that is not returned. You know, yeah. and that's it sets everybody up for that, like fame. And when I'm talking about fame and I'm talking about that, that kind of fame doesn't happen without the media, without the technology to look to deliver it. Neither, you and I even talking about Trump is kind of absolutely silly and super unique to the last 100 years or so. Yeah. 150 years. I agree. Before that, you don't know. You don't know what the... If you're talking about your leader, you're talking about a guy who is 10 teepees away. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's there. He's accountable to you. 
You can sneak up to him. Yeah. You know, you can talk to him. That's your leader. He doesn't live up in a faraway place. Yeah. You know, you actually know him. So that's what every aspect of technology to me is starting to become. I just I look at it with more less and less desirable. Because I just don't see it as being compatible with our biology, the way we evolved. I think it came up, came upon us too quickly, and I don't think we've adapted. And I think it just sets us up over and over and over again for the disappointment of not feeling actual face-to-face love with people. I, you know what? I can, I can totally get behind that. Um, I also like we are electromagnetic beings, and which is why we can get cell phone cancer and and shit like that. And um, yeah, I, I know it it throws off our symbiotic relationship with our surroundings, and and uh, it affects us in in negative ways a lot of times. I also this though too the one positive thing I see with like the internet is. We've got a lot of people around us that are unaware, but the internet has also helped to raise the awareness of a lot of other people because before the internet, all we had was television and the television was telling you a vision. Now we've got an internet, which it's like, shit, we can see the visions, a mil- you know, billions of different visions now and it exposes a lot of the secrets and, and, uh, yeah. But, uh, okay. So that sounds great. And I agree because I'm always torn. I'm, I, I'm, it's amazing that we're talking and, and we're both holding these devices that are simultaneously recording studios and TV stations and cameras. The technology we have in our pocket is absolutely crazy. It, it, it's technology that wasn't available to, governments and nations just 20 years ago you know doesn't i don't care who, what nation you are you couldn't you couldn't buy this device because the technology didn't exist and now we have it in our pockets have we grown better because of it no i don't think we have collectively I think, I think no it, because I think, that, I think all the amazingness of it everything that's amazing it's it, it's the that's the heroin you know the fact that it's amazing and to me, probably what makes it bad, you oh, know, yeah. because, it, because we can't let it go. And there's good reasons why we can't, because it is amazing, you know? Well, somebody was, amazing. I forget who was saying it. They were saying, they're like, your technology, your computer, your TV, your phone, that's the light bearer. That's Lucifer. It can tell you the past. It can tell you the future. It can the tell glowing. you the Green. Yeah, yes. you know, there's your thousand yeah. points of light right there. That's the I light agree. bear. It takes you away. It it takes you away from the moment. It takes you away from living for now. It it really does. It's just a distraction. It's just an absolute distraction. Like it's true. I mean, I, I, like going to the beach today. I, I'm just growing more and more doubtful that. Like I, I went to the beach today, and today the the, the, the haze in the sky created a strange effect of a gray greatest blue background and a very red sun. I took a picture of him and posted this Instagram and I'm going, as I was doing it, I was just thinking, why? Why am I doing this? Huh. Why am I sharing this with a bunch of fucking random people who I never see in real life and I don't want to see in true life? Hey, but you know what? That's that fragment of you that wants to still be cool. That's that human being in you. That's the ego, right? And we all got Maybe. it. 
Maybe. It's probably some kind of thing that just, well, I mean, if you want to look at it as a survival mechanism, it's just like, well, you know, the impulse to do it might be to be like, well, if I've, uh, it's good to have a tribe. It's good to have people looking out for you. It's yeah. good to have friends. Eh, I don't know. You know, and also, yeah, you're, you're sharing. While I was doing it, I was just thinking, why am I doing this? It's so weird that I'm doing this. And you're sharing the experience and, like, maybe even trying to be like, hey, guys, look what you could be doing. Check it out. Go out into nature. Go to the beach. Check this out, you know? <laughs> but again, that, 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 then I've got the question of why am I trying to influence people? Why, why don't I just go about my own fucking business, turn off the goddamn glowing screen? Just turn it off. Because like because you're an artist, bro, and we're innovators, and everything that we see around us in our houses and everywhere, I guess it's, it's probably, all it's just, art. It's being all social art. Social is just it's just a feature of being a human. From from from, <laughs> from our dishes. A, a from, yeah, from our dishes to our shavers to our computers to punching bags. It's all art. It was all created. You know, it was all a thought, and then it became a, a drawing and a blueprint, and then it became a physical, functional object. And it's all, we're just surrounded by art, constantly. A lot of it doesn't seem like art, but somebody had to invent it, right? Which essentially makes them an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and then just, who knows why that drive comes around, but you just got it, and you just do it, I guess. So let me ask you a question, bro. Um... What do you think, and I don't, I don't really, I'm not going to say this is political. I'm going to say it's more like, uh, just kind of like, a, a we're just reaching out into the dark. Uh, what do you think lies on the, where do you see America in the next five, 10 years? I, I've never been more uncertain. I have never had less idea. Like, I've never felt less qualified to answer that question huh. than I do at this very minute. Yeah. Like, I just, the, more, the further this goes, right now, I'm just, I don't, who the fuck knows? <laughs> I hope, I hope, and I, I believe that optimism and pessimism are both self-actualizing. They, you know, um, so I choose to be optimistic. But that doesn't mean I can't imagine a pessimistic scenario. Oh, yeah. You know, but the choice that I'm making is to go, this, no matter how things go, my life, my consciousness is still an absolute miracle. And any, any event that transpires in my life, any direction that the world turns is a goddamn blessing. And I'm going to not only just live through it, I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to have a fucking fun time with it. I'm going to be excited about it. If this shit turns into a communist revolution, revolutionary war, fine. I will live that my life, my best life in that way. If that's gonna, if that's gonna be what they want, if they want war, if they want me to be in a war with them, I'm gonna have a goddamn good time in that war. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna embrace it, and I'm gonna live so that I feel good about it. I'm not gonna dread it. I'm going to charge forward into it because you can't avoid it anyway. Yeah. No matter what throws at you, you're going to be living it. Yeah. So you may as well just decide to be excited about it. Decide to be excited about the the um, the mystery that it's bringing. Uh, what, I'll tell you one thing. 
it's not fucking boring. There's nothing boring oh, yeah. about what's going on right now. It's scary. It's suspenseful. It uh, uh, it gets your juices flowing. It makes you upset, but it's not boring. Yeah, it's it's fascinating too. You're like, shit. What's what's next? You know, like somebody. I don't remember who said it, but they're like, the key is to not be attached to the outcome of anything, and which is is. To me, it goes, that's a very Buddhist, like, philosophy, and, you know, I do a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of meditation. I haven't been doing enough the last few days, but, um, you know, that is something that I've learned from sitting in, I'm talking about thousands of hours of meditation that I've done, is, is uh, you know, trying to not be so attached to everything in my life, and... I feel like the last year, nah, I feel like the last few years I've been really attached to a lot of stuff. Um, and, uh, and it shows in me trying to wake people up or, you know, whatever, but I don't really want that attachment anymore. I don't think I feel like, yeah, yeah. I I just, I just kinda, I kinda like, you know, because it's like, how is it serving me? Like you said, when it happens, you're in it. So well, that's the other thing. Figure the thing it out. Remember, I have to keep reminding myself of this, and I remind other people of this as much as I can. When you turn off the glowing screen and you leave it, you go out into nature, you go out into the world, you go on a hike, you realize that life on planet Earth is still fucking goddamn fantastic. And I don't care if we were in a war. We could be in World War Three. We already are. We already are. In my eyes, this is World War Three, bro. And it's not that bad. Of course, they're fighting and bombing and little certain things. But you wouldn't even know about it if you didn't turn on your glowing yep. screen. If you, and that's the way that people don't really realize, even in big wars, um, for the most part, most people didn't notice it. The battlefields were over here. You might hear planes. You might hear bombs. Mostly in the, the big cities, part, bro. They were mostly in big cities. That's what I mean. For the, if you want to avoid war and conflict you can if you want to engage with it you can but um so it's hard it's it's hard to figure out what choice to make um it really is but i know that i want to spend more time away from my glowing screen but it is goddamn it's a struggle i look at heroin addicts and i look at these people and you know i used to kind of look down and like what are you why are you addicted, man? Shouldn't have taken the first one, man. Yeah. But here I am. Yeah. Here I am. I I, I would be completely dishonest if I if I said that uh, social media and technology didn't have their hooks in me the same way drugs have a hook. Yeah, in dopamine releases, yeah. man. It's the same yeah. as a drug. It, it, they created a good fucking drug, and it's working on me. Obviously, I can't say that it hasn't. Well, it's yeah, it it's. Me off. They, they banned me, and I said, I'm never going to go back. I'll I mean, people are, people, are, back on. people are so addicted to television, they're willing to burn down their cities over it. That's they're willing mean. to destroy yeah. their over communities the over the shit that they phone. hear on TV. Right? I say the glowing screen because the TV is it's, it's in Twitter. It's Twitter. It's Yeah, Facebook. it's all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. It's this glowing fucking screen. And I don't care what channel you're on, it's probably not good. It's, well, you're probably better to turn it off, 
and go do something. Yep. Go build something. Go paint something. Go dig a fucking hole. You're better off digging a goddamn hole to nowhere than <laughs> spending fucking 20 minutes on Twitter. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Well, anyway, it's been a nice conversation. We've been at it for about an hour and a half. And yeah, that's enough, right? That's it. Yeah, totally. It was a good. It was a good, uh, good podcast, and and maybe we can get back on it again sometime. Yeah, likely anytime. I I enjoyed uh, it. I'll upload it after this, and then I'll send you a link. All right, man. Good hey, thanks for coming you. on, Merkley. Thanks. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Well, guys, this concludes our show. Uh, we talked a little bit about everything, and, uh, you know, I felt like a lot of good came out of this conversation. A lot of people might not agree. A lot of people might be cringed by it. A lot of people may not like me or like what I said about something, but hey, man, I think myself and the gentleman I just had on, our ultimate goals in the in the scheme of things is we want the best for, for humanity and for the world around us and the earth around us and the animals around us. And um, that's why we're such deep thinkers and we're so creative about everything. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. You take care. Thanks.